welcome to the RX Operational Risk Podcast. This is the second part of a discussion with Luke Carrick, who's Head of Research and Information for RX, and Mark Cook, who is an advisor to RX and formerly was Global Head of Operational Risk for HSBC. And we're discussing a report entitled Right Time, uh, Right Place, which sets out our views and the views of a member group on how operational risk needs to change to meet the challenges of digitalization in our industry. To recap, we see change coming. Our, our industry is targeting change and risk needs to respond to that. And the strategy that we've heard back, we're summarizing as optimizing and active. So I, I think we see that dynamic over time, but we also see a sort of dynamic relationship between the two in all instances. There's a virtuous cycle there between those, those two elements. Luke? Yeah, th there is. And there are several aspects to that. So if you start with the optimization side, there is a obvious saving of resources. So the more that you automate, the more that you make uh, find efficiencies in what you do, there will be uh, resources to spend doing more active risk management. They're not necessarily the same skills, um, but overall, those that sort of transfer of resources is possible. That's a fairly simplistic view of it. I think there are much more powerful, subtle ones. Optimization, if you do get everything in order, as you referenced, Simon, and you have a good digital setup because you've, you've simplified and you've aligned taxonomies and you've done all that groundwork, that gives you a great base of information which allows you to move very quickly if you need to. So if, you, if you're trying to actively manage something, being able to pivot the data, get the information you need uh, as quickly as possible is, is really valuable. So that optimization is the kind of baseline from which you can then be more active and, and then finally, there's a kind of partnership side on the optimization angle, which is that the more that you improve the way that risk is managed in the first line, the more that you reduce the burden, things becoming business as usual or, or getting embedded, that partnership is strengthened as well. So you're kind of reinforcing the relationship, which will mean that parts of the business are much more willing uh, for operational risk to come in and help. And then on the other side, on the active side, uh, the, the more that you actively manage the risks, the more you understand the changes that are going on in the business, there are probably opportunities there that you can leverage, you can jump on technological changes if, if they're putting machine learning into the first line, there may be uh, possibilities that you could leverage some of that for risk management purposes, uh, which will, again, reinforce that optimization. So. The more your knowledge expands and, and knowledge of what's going on in the active space means that optimization can improve. And we have that kind of same idea of trust and partnership as well. So the more that you're adding value by actively managing risks, the more you can reinforce that, that partnership with the first line and they've been more willing to, to take on your ideas about optimization. So there is this virtuous cycle going on. It doesn't mean to say you can't optimize if you wanted to, but if you do optimize, it, it makes it an awful lot easier to be active. And, and Mark, in your experience, are people approaching it optimize first, active second? Is, is that a, a, fair, a fair comment? I mean, um, set the farmers to work and then hire some hunters? I think that's been a fairly natural progression, actually, Simon. I'd agree, I'd agree with that characterization. I think the... Um, I, I should say, Mark, I, I like the hunters and farmers thing. I haven't heard that before. I, I like it a lot. 
We'll, we'll have it as a, a, an RX way of thinking about um, <laughs> the types of individuals and capabilities that we need. I mean, and I, and I touched upon it, you know, they are quite different skill sets. And I think we have seen that. So it's not surprising, therefore, that perhaps most firms probably had a predominance of people who understood the existing processes and practices. And therefore, certainly in the early days of the pandemic, they were well placed to look at how those could be optimized, um, how those those existing projects could be adapted to respond to the environment that they found themselves. But in many ways, it, it was a good catalyst to the optimization agenda. Um, it was an ability to stand back and look at how well those things were working, how you can make them more efficient, how you can make them more productive. And as Luke referred, you know, it, it drove a better partnership, I think, uh, with the businesses in terms of you know getting the right effort and resources used to make those processes work in a way that gave the information that mattered and created perhaps more focus than we than we'd seen in the, in the past. I think there was a there was a, there was a willingness to move away from the idea of completeness to really getting um, the process to be optimized around creating the insights around the risks that matter. Now, where I think it gets even more interesting, and, and this is where you're seeing the, the step through, is then as we've seen the, these businesses adapt and change themselves it's become apparent that really to be in the active space, you need ONFR to engage with business in the operating discussions, particularly in terms of thinking about early on how they refine the control systems, how you make the accommodations around that control environment to balance, and we've made this point before, the customer experience with the potential business harm, really getting the right trade-offs. And this is, this is seeing the risk professionals really having to understand the businesses in, in a much greater depth than perhaps previously uh, and work very closely with the businesses. So this hunter community is a much more active sport um, in terms of how they engage, how they understand the change agenda, how they understand those change initiatives, are really moving upstream in terms of being in the conversations at the start, uh, helping influence the actual design, helping businesses launch, but launch in the right way. And again, I think this is a really positive development but we come back to you know you need both you know you need the farmers and the hunters you, you need you need both elements to be able to actually create the right outcomes in terms of risk management okay thank you mark luke is there anything you'd like to add before before i attempt a summary of the report and the thinking we've described so far just a, a couple of quick thoughts i think that I think both active and optimized require significant innovation. I think the innovation is, is kind of more obvious in the optimization world because you can point to data and, and sort of analytics there. But I think also innovation just in the way that we make ourselves move quickly is, is what you need in the agile world as well. And I think there are huge opportunities that, that we haven't really explored in risk management to to look outside of our institutions for some of that innovation. Typically, risk management has been quite an inwardly focused thing. So I hope to see more of that in the future. What, one other point we've barely mentioned, regulators, I think there is a challenge that people see, uh, particularly around active risk management, in that the regulators, I think, would like people to be agile and, and manage things more dynamically. But at the same time, they want it to be incredibly well controlled and document every decision and show the processes that were followed. And I think those two things are maybe slightly incompatible with, with the kind of current expectations. So huge opportunity for innovation, but that kind of regulatory side is something that we're going to have to, to overcome over the next few years. 
I can yeah, react to that, Luke. I mean, I, I think you're you're right on point on innovation, and and I worry that the environment in which we exist, that the structures within which we exist, and, and the market structures as well, need to change really for for innovation to really flourish in the space. And wholeheartedly echo the point about there's a risk that supervisors, um, to, to to no one's gain, really hold back that innovation. And I think it's a really good discussion to be having with the supervisory community about what their appetite for innovation in the risk space is. Because if risk can't innovate, then it will cease to become relevant. It will remain that analog risk manager in a digital bank. And that means we won't fulfill the objectives that the supervisors have for the discipline either. So, so I think supervisory thinking around their appetite and and their ability to absorb innovation in in the way that people do risk management is 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 a really really important debate that we'll be having over the next year or two. Mark, did you want to to jump in on points you, you might want to just emphasise or you wish you'd made to so far? I'll definitely double down on what you both said on innovation. Um, if there's one thing that's been quite exciting about the past period is that we've seen the emergence of new ways of working and new ideas. And, and we know, and as we discussed, you know, really that's critical for both optimization and activist management. I think we've also seen really the, there's a recognition that the risk data is an asset. And I think the digitalization element that we've seen in the front end also leads us to the point where you could see that you can bring computational capabilities to bear on that data to create new insights. And that's going to be really important if we're going to be successful as digital risk managers. So I, I think we can expect to see a mini revolution in areas like cloud adoption and AI, along with the predictive analytics that they offer. And I think that revolution needs to come from and be driven by a successful risk function. They will need to look both internally, but also externally for new ideas and capabilities. Uh, and we'll see, I suspect, a, a shift towards sourcing capabilities as being really important and as important maybe as the ability to build those capabilities. Um, I think we'll see a move to a more modular approach in the way that we've seen that um, transpire within the businesses themselves. We'll see a move away from monolithic risk systems in favor of solution-specific capabilities. And I think you, you can already see it in the background. You can see a growth in risk and reg tech out there. And I think we will see firms look to embrace that in order to drive both effective risk management, but also efficient risk management. So that innovation piece is going to be really quite core to the agenda going forward. And Mark, I mean, it seems to me the challenge is how risk keeps up, right? By which I mean, how does risk keep up with, with the business? Because the, the business is quite often these days is, is or has re-platformed, re so it's made its data available in, in, in different ways. It's got the budget for the skills and, and, and more of a culture of risk-taking. And I think there's that kind of external ecosystem of innovators who are prepared to risk their ideas and their time and their capital in the space. And it doesn't seem to me that, that risk has those same structural advantages. And I worry quite a bit about how we're going to make the changes that, that I think we all feel that we need to make. Um, in an environment where the kind of the playing field's tilted against us, I think you're right. I think you're right there. So we've seen the industry, and we've seen our members come together to collaborate on how we can shape risk practices. I think now there's a chance that we will see members come together to think about how we can shape risk solutions. If we can come together in that way, I think it kind of helps to get over that barrier that you've just described. I think there is a lot more that 
we can do through effectively collaborating and helping develop an ecosystem of risk solutions that the industry can benefit from. And if we can move in that direction, then I think there's every opportunity for us to be able to keep up with this change that we're seeing take place at the front end. Okay. To recap, we see change coming. Our, our industry is targeting change and risk needs to respond to that. As we consider our response, both the risks that we're concerned about and the assets that we want to protect are expanding the canvas against which we'd want to be effective. And I guess our summary of that still is that to to rise to that challenge, risk needs to change. It needs to work out how to do more with less and, and to do it better. And the strategy that we've heard back we're summarizing as optimizing and active. And and optimized is getting better at that BAU risk management, really mandating the first line, bringing in machines to increase uh, efficiency, simplifying, using better language. And the active piece is really focusing on those new material risks or change. And that's, I think, more of a a hunter activity is the phrase that we've used today. Um, And and it's about using different tools, different data, probably experimenting, getting to grips with that current and future horizon. And we've described that there's a positive dynamic relationship between those two elements and that those two elements aren't static over time. And that as you see more change, you probably see a bias towards active. And as you are uh, more stable, you might see a bias towards optimize. I hope, guys, you feel that was an okay summary of the report, which, to repeat, is available free to download from the RX uh, website. So, Luke, do you want to, to one final thought? What, what are we not discussing that we should be discussing? Yeah, I, I think there's. Um, it's not so much not what we're not discussing, it's really what we, we should discuss next. And I think maybe taking a lesson from everything we've set out. So we're talking about how within the business, when they're changing, the best way of managing that is, is to be really active. So be involved, be iterative, be in the room when decisions are made. But then we're also talking about how it's going to be very hard for operational risk to change. And maybe we should adopt the same approach. So when we're talking about fundamentally changing the way that we manage operational risk, it really needs to be iterative. We need to kind of apply that active mindset in that that we're, we're making changes, making sure they're correct, bringing people along, bringing in the regulators along, senior management along. So I think uh, the next discussion really is is probably about how you shift from the, the current or the old ways of working to this new way of managing risk, but it's not going to be an instant switch. It's going to be a transition and we'll need to manage that transition in the same way that we've talked about managing those uh, emerging risks in a very active way. Thank you, Luke. Mark, final thought? Yeah, my final thought, I think it echoes everything that's, that we've really talked about today. Yes, we're we're seeing this. Um, we're seeing the future as we've described around optimizing the existing, being more active with the rapidly changing environment we see. And I think there's two things that we're going to be discussing as we go forward. On one side, we're going to continue to discuss technology and how we're going to use it to provide additional capability and additional capability in a more efficient way. Um, and I think that's important. But I think what we've also heard today, we're going to also be talking about the human element of it, the behaviors, the skills, and the capabilities that we're going to need to be successful risk managers tomorrow. And I think that's equally important. And you're seeing a transition in both spaces. You're seeing the greater use of technology 
and you're seeing an evolving capability set that we need within our risk officer communities. And I think those two things together mean that the future is very exciting. It is, a, it is absolutely the right time and place to be an ONFR. Thanks, Mark. But I think there's an urgency here. We are heading now into that transformation. All of our members, without exception, are targeting a digital transformation of their business. And one of our founding uh, thesis in this space is that ONFR is going to be important to delivering that strategy. If we want to be successful as financial firms in managing that transformation, then we need to be good at ONFR. And that means, I think, that we need to, to really prioritize thinking about how we optimize and then executing against that optimization and how we develop capability uh, and practice and thinking in that active space. I, I think really the need to have these discussions, the need to move forward in this space is really urgent if we want to be successful. So I think we can wrap up there, guys. Mark, Luke, thank you very much for your contributions. Once again, thank you to our Heads of Operational Risk in ORX uh, member banks and insurance companies who contributed so freely to our thinking. The final report is, is our own. We take responsibility for that. I hope you found the discussion interesting. And one last time, if you'd like to download the Right Time, Right Place report, uh, you can do so for free from the ORX website. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon.